This is still weird. I'm still not used to talking to the microphone by myself. This is episode 60, which means 950 hours of you people listening to me. Um, this episode, I had my friend Luisa, who we went to the same grade school, went to the same high school, and we somehow still stayed in touch, um, probably because she's pretty awesome. Um, we talk about her art, we talk about her being a mom, um, Arby's should sponsor me, um, and you could find her art at azlotus.com. No, it's not azlotus.com. It's azlotusart.com. And she says, let's art about it, which I'm not too sure what it means, but it sounds awesome and insightful. Um, this was really great to see someone um, I basically grew up with uh, succeeding and doing what they love. Um, you can follow her on Instagram and Facebook as well, azlotusart.com. Um, yeah, and this, this, this is one of the things I set out to do with the podcast is to find people in the community who are passionate about what they do and hoping to empower people around them and in their community. And it just so happens she's one of my friends, which is great. And now her soul hurts and she regrets doing the podcast, but now it's here. Episode 60, just because. So this is already, this is going to go so great. Uh, you, what do you want to be called? Luisa? Usually, yes. Okay. Um, is, is here. Uh, and so she just downgraded her life for the next two hours. Um, please don't laugh. This is a library. There's a lot of people, a lot of homeless people studying. I have pretty quiet laughter. I'm good. Do you? Yeah, sometimes. Do you not laugh like loudly? Uh, no, actually, that's a lie. I do, but I start to whistle when I really, like, laugh loudly. It's like, if it's... Whistle? Circus, yeah, like, I have, like, this little thing where I, like, whistle if I'm laughing too hard. It's... Okay. Yeah. Um, if you, if you I, haven't seen it, it's probably because you're not that funny. I'm funny looking, but I'm not verbally funny. Got so it. it's different. Yeah, well, yeah. Works for you. <laughs> this is over. <laughs> this is never airing. Um, this is already going Best downhill. Best podcast ever. Best... One minute uh, ever. Um, I have a few different laughs, but when is some uh, something is um, quickly funny, I I do the ha like really just like short ha. yeah yeah and then uh, it scares goats ah cool okay so the first question is um, how long have I been an inspiration to you? Uh, honestly, for the last thirty seconds when you went ha. This is Next great. question. This is great. <laughs> Next question. No, uh, right before this, we were talking about um, privilege. And yeah. uh, it's weird. I've, I think this is my fourth conversation in the past week about uh, privilege. Huh. One, of, one of my coworkers is, I'm putting her on blast now. Um, her hey, boyfriend yeah. uh, is, is white. And mm-hmm. um, he doesn't believe there's uh, white privilege. Mm. And... Um, you know, that uh, he believes in Blue Lives Matter and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's Asian. And, uh, 
he even made the comment that um, there's so much white representation in movies and media because um, America is white. As she's sitting there, be still being Asian, you mm-hmm. know, she hasn't changed her face since then. Right. Uh, and then you and I were just talking about it, um, and it's it's weird when they don't. It's like it's not like someone farted in the room and you smell the fart. Like you know it's there and you mm-hmm. know it exists, but for some reason it, I think because they're 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 white, they don't. I think it's sometimes that what I've discovered recently is that some people don't think that that exists because it's never affected them yeah so you can't expect some people to completely 100 percent open their eyes to something that they don't know it exists because they never experienced it and if they were raised you know in a family where that was never an issue or they never saw it or you get like a one-sided story mm-hmm. i think it's a lot easier to know that in, in all honesty they're just ignorant to the subject because yeah. they've never actually experienced it so I think it's a matter of the conversation and saying, no, this is real. This happens. And it's easier to show them that just to keep on telling them because for so long they've been told all uh-huh. these things. And yeah. then they're like, nah, 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 nah. So sometimes showing them it's um, a lot easier. I, I you know, experienced it because I started um, kind of hanging out with a... Uh, uh, a white person. <laughs> I love how you said that. And Let's then just say like that as, the whole episode. As, as a friend. As, and then the, the friend, it's like, it's very... Um, I also did not 100% believe in this until like we started hanging out and then it was like, oh, see? This mm-hmm. is what it is. Like, oh, see? This is what we experience. And I think it was like a revelation because never had experienced it before, even though I had heard about it. And it was like, no, I think it's just like people just kind of stick to that idea. Mm-hmm. And after that, it, I, I think started realizing that it is a thing, you know, and it's something where you're so oblivious to it because you never had to deal with any of those problems. And right. um, you grow up thinking that America is white. Yeah. But it's also blue and red, and it's a I lot of other know shades. Any blue people? I do. Do you? Yeah. And 99th Avenue. <laughs> 99th Her address <laughs> is no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't even know it yet. Yet. I am um, so sorry. I made you drive this way uh, for you this. Should be. For this. Um, you should be. Piece of shit. Can I curse? Oh on my your, god. On your podcast. Yeah. I mean, you uh, go ahead. I curse all the time. Honestly, it's. Do you really? Okay. I, I do. I think it's healthy. Okay. I think it's proven that people that curse live longer and happier. Is that is that a thing? I think so. I, I what do you mean you think is. so? Wait a second. Um, another read, thing with the I read that somewhere, and I'm I'm sticking to it because I do think that when you're frustrated and you and you curse, uh-huh. you suddenly feel better because you're releasing all this like anger that if you like hold it in. So I think it's healthy. I agree with the re- the releasing part, mm-hmm. the throwing a trash can across the room. Does that count too? That's not necessarily cursing. Like it's with my throwing it and then with going my like, students, what? I pick up the smallest one and I chuck them. Ah, uh, yeah. How do they react to that? My boss can't hear this. We're gonna start over. <laughs> this, gonna is start. Never gonna <laughs> this is never gonna. This is never airing. <laughs> I don't know what you signed up. I don't know why you agreed. Because you're my um, friend for like high school. Yes, she said I'm her friend. It's on the. It's on recorded. Um, <clears throat> acquainted. It's on the tape. Damn it! It got downgraded <laughs> so fast. Um, and with with the right privilege, white privilege. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, and it's more frustrating too when you present facts. Right. I, th- I think this might go more towards like uh, Black Lives Matter, where you have statistics mm-hmm. and evidence, mm-hmm. and they still, no, that doesn't happen. That doesn't, well, I didn't pull this out of my ass. Like these people yeah. are getting hurt, mm-hmm. and I think that that frustrates me more because because you, you're right. It's um, you can't really blame them for how they were raised. Right. That's mm-hmm. they couldn't help that, but um, being open minded. And right. 
trying to see the other side is what we should try to do. Mm-hmm. I, all, all of us should. No, not me. I'm saying we. They. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you made a mistake. You've derailed. Me. <laughs> <laughs> You've derailed this so many times. No, no. Uh, no, I'm being serious. We... I feel like okay. it's something where all of us should listen oh, no. to it. Like, yeah. you know, it's something where even people that don't necessarily agree with our views, I like to know where they're coming from. Because then I can try to understand a little bit better. And then I also can try to um, make them see my point of view using their experience. Like, oh, okay. So, you know, and like speaking their language. I think sometimes we don't really take the time to speak anybody else's language. To yeah. try to make them understand something from our point of view. Even if they don't agree with it at the end. Just to kind of see our experiences and how that happened. Yeah. Um, I've experienced a lot of uh, discrimination and like d- different treatments. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, do you want? Can you share a couple or one uh, w- or fifteen? Fifteen of them. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think one of the ones that like really stuck with me is uh, not necessarily like myself, myself, but I was in high school and I was hanging out with a couple of friends and we, I think, we went to the movies or something like very general, you know. And my friend was driving um, his his car, and then I had the other friend in the back seat. And I think he had a broken tail light. Like, l- literally, I remember being like the size of like a dime or something, mm-hmm. like super little on the right tail light. And we got pulled over. So uh, it was an Escalade. So already, like, you know, it's mm-hmm. kind of like uh, flashy in a way. Yeah. So then we get pulled over. And then I remember the cop just getting to the front. And my friend, I mean, super dark skin, and he, he totally looks like, you know, he's, mm. he's Mexican. And, and he, I think immediately he was racially profiled. And when we got pulled over, the cop immediately looked at him, actually, like, grabbed, like, held his gun and was like, I need your hands on the wheel. Okay. Um, and then to the friend in the back was like, your hands too. Like, put them up here. I need to see your hands. So, I mean, they're good guys. Like, they've never done anything in their lives. Right. I can honestly tell you that. And, like, never got in trouble. Literally, we went to the movies. And I was in the passenger seat. So, they didn't say anything to me, but to them both. And then I had to put their hands up and, like, stay still. And I remember, because it's still, like, in my head, that the cop, like, literally looked at them and said, if you move one inch, I'm going to pull a bullet through your forehead. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, why are we getting pulled over? Like, what exactly did they do? And so then it comes to terms that it's like, oh, no, you know, you have a broken taillight and stuff. Oh, okay. And I'm just like, why is this situation so escalated uh, yeah. from a broken tail like like if that they looked white you know yeah, like if they were a different if, race uh-huh. they would have been like oh you know good evening how are you doing like but immediately was to the point of like a threat that i will fucking kill you if you move because uh-huh. your tail light is broken and they had like they got him out of the car they handcuffed them they put him on the sidewalk and i'm just sitting in the passenger seat like I have a license. Can I just drive them back? Like, we were not doing anything wrong, officer. You know, I'm trying to be, like, the civil, talk to them in a calm way, not emotional or anything. But it was very, like, eye-opening for me. This Mm -hmm. is probably one of the, like, the first ones that I received, you know, that I got that firsthand. Mm -hmm. And then um, after that, it's just been quite a few where I know that I'm treated differently because of my skin color. um, Because I obviously look like I'm Mexican. And I know that sometimes it, it, I get that treatment differently. Um, going to ASU like that was also uh-huh. um, very eye-opening. Are you agreeing? Because yes. you experienced it as well. Uh, yeah, me, uh, myself, and then um, a few of my fraternity brothers. Because uh, we have all races, all religions yeah. in our fraternity. Mm-hmm. And just, just the stuff we'd get from the white 
uh, fraternities and sororities, how they would look at us and how they would talk to us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that doesn't surprise me when you say it's almost like a up. sense of ownership of like you are my campus kind of a thing yeah, for everything. Like we are the guests, right? And it's their school that. But we're, I don't treat yeah. you like a guest. Right? Oh yeah, no, this, they're the worst hosts. If that was, <laughs> if that's how it was. That's kind of how I felt when I went to ASU. I just, I just felt very out of place very often. Um, even in my classes and I was there trying to get good grades and I got there on a scholarship and like everything else and I'm just I'm just there in a class feeling a little left out and a little like not very not very welcome mm-hmm. most of the time and then I will look around and people were like playing games on their laptops or they were on like a MySpace on their uh-huh. laptops and I'm just sitting there trying to concentrate it's like why don't I fit here like I'm actually here because I want to and I'm not saying everybody because like, this oh, yeah. is not a generalization either um, it's just like a specific feeling that I got from quite a few people in my classes and the treatment that I got there it was it was just not very like um very welcoming yeah. it wasn't very warm no so did anything at asu make you feel welcome or how did you cope with that um well i ended up losing my scholarship so i didn't really graduate uh-huh. um but I, I i had a circle of friends who i mm. basically from high school that we went you know and, and continued the education there but i also never really experienced a full on-campus situation because even though i had the scholarship and my family being very traditional, I was not allowed to like leave on campus, which I feel like that should have changed a lot of things, you know. Yeah. Um, but you know, my parents are like, "Why would you go out and you know buy your own soap and toothpaste when you are at home?" And right. Yeah, it was very traditional. I was also the first one to actually go to a university from my family, so I think it was like a a yeah. weird change for them. Yeah. yeah. What high school did you go to? Stop. <laughs> that came out really deep. The, there was another man in this room. <laughs> he just walked in and said, "Stop!" Oh my God. Uh, well, we went to the same high school. We had a couple classes. Oh, you went together. to North. You did not go to North. I didn't. I was testing you to see if you were you. Did you see us? No. I okay. I heard about it. Well, I I followed. What's her name? My friend's gonna kill me if I don't know her name. Uh, she's a model. She's beautiful, plus size, gorgeous model, and she posted a selfie yesterday. Like this is me after watching us. So I had like a little conversation. It, it's scary. <clears throat> okay, so I haven't. Sorry. Well, you know. Okay, so I. So we did go to Camelback, <laughs> right? Yeah. Don't derail it with whatever you're trying to talk about. <laughs> Let me mansplain to you. Uh, <gasps> oh no. Um, if I if I do it though, I want you to call it out. Um, how was I? Wait. So your parents were traditional. Um, so yeah, I was the first uh, American because my my older sister went to college in the Philippines, mm. and uh, which is very different from uh-huh. America. Uh-huh. So um, my my mom was just always confused with every little thing mm-hmm. uh, I would do, um, even even with the fraternity or even theater. They would just be, uh, uh, "Why are you joining the fraternity? What is a fraternity?" And I go, "It's fa fraternity." Um, <laughs> I love you, mom. If you listen, um, or even even act, just just the culture is weird. Yeah. Um, for for her being uh, an immigrant and um, with my sister doing it in the Philippines, so she didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but how was high school? I loved high school. Did you really? I loved high school. I mean, I know we kind of like talked sometimes in high school, and we you, you know, didn't talk classes. to me at all. You were such a liar. Yes, in, I did. Let's rewind the tape. Oh, okay. You have proof? Exhibit proof. A. Exhibit A. You said we went to the movies, right? You and your friends went to the movies. Uh-huh. Who was it? Not me. 
No. It was not in the car. Not that one time. Oh, okay. Wait. I don't no, think we never ever. actually hung out. No. Dang it. Okay. All right. Well, I drove, I'm just th- finding I drove 30. Old, I'm just finding old Camelback classmates, and this is just me yelling at them. Why didn't we hang this out? Is, this is, okay. I, I drove 30 is. minutes to come to your podcast. Okay. It will not be worth it. I am so sorry. <laughs> um, I loved high school. Sometimes I have little regrets, though, of because um, I was always class pet and always really, really focusing my you know, um, grades and my college credits and all these things that I missed out on a lot of hanging out with, with people. A lot of, um, I never attended a house party ever the mm-hmm. whole time. Um, it, I think it was kind of boring. Like I would go with my academic decathlon friends and hang out on a Saturday morning at the library. Like it was really lame. <laughs> so, Oh my God. <laughs> so Education is important. Boys and girls do not listen to her. I mean, it's important, but I think I think the same. Just being the same, um, the first person that was trying to do that would like get full scholarship and everything in my family. Um, I think that it wasn't like a soft medium. Like I was either like super into it or like not really into it. And I mm-hmm. I wish that I would have done a little more medium, like healthy situations to be able to get that done as well. I, I so what do you wish you did? Um, build stronger bonds with people. Um, I think there's only like one specific person from high school that you know my friend Arcelia. Yes. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That she's probably the only one that I know that we a thousand percent bonded, and after all these years, we're still super close. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I feel like I should have been able to experience that a little bit more, and I think that would have helped me to to keep on that. You know, um, um, what do you say? Like the relationship, like a sisterhood of college and university and like have that close friends i think with my childhood i never actually got that i only have like one or two people like that um but i don't know i maybe i hear all the stories of people like the random dumb shit they did in high school and i'm like i didn't do that i didn't do that i'm fine without those really for me yeah i'm i'm okay like the house parties are just your mom picking you up from jail Uh or STDs. I'm fine. Like I don't need, <laughs> I don't need that. I didn't. I, I mean, I'm not saying I I need it, but I at least to get to have like some experience. What I I got to decide, like you know what, this is not my scene. Mm. I just don't, you know. And I know a lot of friends that did create bonds, and they have like super close bonds with people from there. I, I just don't. Yeah. Everything was academic, and then it was. I think part of it comes because I worked so hard for it, and then I went to ASU, and then I lost my scholarship, and then I was like, oh, okay, well. There's that, you know, like something you work so hard for. Yeah. Um, that was kind of shocking at, at the end, I think. So, Did but you I mean, it worked. I mean, I liked it. Yeah. Did you ever have a party stage then to make up for? Because no. usually, no, you didn't. I'm so lame. I know. This, this see, you made a mistake asking I'm me. Really because there's glad nothing. I asked you to be on. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> no, um, not really. No. So oh, okay. So I should put this vodka away. Um, <laughs> do you have parents? <laughs> yes. Do you see how well I've prepared? Um, can you talk a little bit about your parents? Because um, <clears throat> they're pretty important people, I would say. Parents, kind of, not like yeah, your parents. I mean, your parents are important to you, but I mean, like growing my par- up. My parents are—they're um, amazing. Mm-hmm. It's. Um, my mom and my stepdad, but he is my dad. Yeah. And they're very free-spirited people. Um, well, my mom mostly is. She's very... 
opinionated and she's talkative and she is social and she's friendly and she's everything. Um, but she is very caring too. Um, and my dad is, is a full-on thinker. So everything in his life, he completely analyzes it. Um, and then he's very cautious with his steps. Um, sometimes he does have the mentality of a Mexican grown man. Um, so that has been a little bit of a struggle sometimes for me, at least, uh -huh. because I'm so open-minded and, you know, um, millennial in a way. Yes. So it's kind of frustrating sometimes, but they are great people. They're always very open. I think that's also why I didn't do a lot of the things when I was younger, because I had the typical mom and mean girls when it's like, if you're going to drink, I'd rather you do it here than outside kind of a right, thing. Right. That's my parents. So oh. I grew up with, like, with them just basically being like, hey, if you want to do that, like, it's fine, you know. I, I mean... Off record, but like on record, I think my parents were like. Say, the first. You say off record. The thing is still recording. It doesn't just turn off. Uh, Siri, off record. It Alexa. Alexa, off record, please. Um, no, when I was when I was in high school, I think my parents were like, not that they do it often or anything, but I. I do remember that that one time uh, they were smoking in the living room, and they were like the first people that actually offered me to smoke weed, and I was like. No, I'm good. I think I'm just going to go to the movies. So it never actually um, was, it was never actually something that I wanted to do because I knew that I could if I wanted to. I just never did. Yeah. So I never did drugs like ever, oh. ever at all because they were so open with it. And not like they do it often, but I remember that one time they were like, yeah, if you, I mean, it's cool. You're going to try it. So they're very open minded. Yeah. Um, which I think kept me out of trouble because I never felt like it was taboo. You didn't taboo. have the, yeah. Yeah. Which is weird, right? I, yeah. I mean, it makes sense when, you, uh, when you're told you can't do this, you can't do this. Right. Like, fuck mom and dad. And then I'm going to go do it. I'm a grown up. I'm a grown up mom. Right. Can you drop me off? Uh -huh. And you just... But if it was so open... Yeah. That's amazing. It, yeah. So I think they're great parents. You know, mm -hmm. they're, I think that's why my sister and I stayed out of trouble a lot. Because we never felt like we needed to prove anything to anyone. It was like, we, they gave us... Uh, at a young age, the authority to make our own decisions if we wanted to. And so, I mean, I guess I didn't really do that. So, yeah. yeah. You, I always remember you being uh, a little grown up. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Like, yeah, you were very mature in um, among teenagers. Thank you. Like, you, I was like, <laughs> she sounds like a grown up when she talks. Um, and then you tell me to shut up. I um, think, right. I think it's mostly my, my parents. That's awesome. Uh, and you have a sister. Mm-hmm. You have any other siblings? Uh, my my older sister. Uh, she's she's my best friend. She's like my she's my rock. That girl. Yeah. Um, she's amazing. And then she has a little daughter. So my daughter and her daughter are like almost in a sister relationship because they're they're like the same years apart than my sister and I are. Oh, so, and and, nice. and my niece is like the exact same way my sister was when she was little and my daughter is me when I was little. So it's like we were born again and then it's oh like well, it's it's crazy. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. How old do you mind how old your daughter is? My old my daughter just turned six. Oh, that's fun. Mm -hmm. I teach uh oh my god, you made a face. Because it's 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 no longer a baby. Oh that's true. So like, I think the sixth birth birthday was the first one that actually hit me. Like anything oh. from there before, I was like, oh, she's one, she's two, she's three, oh, you know, it's so cute. But then I think I was making like a little cute slideshow to prove my parenting skills, you know. <laughs> then with, you kept her alive. <laughs> yeah. With like all the music and the cute uh, images and stuff. And then it just, I think I like broke down. Like it hit me. Like she's six. That's a kid. That's not a yeah. baby anymore. That's not a toddler. Like 
starting in August, she's going to go to school full time. And then from mm-hmm. here on out, never stops. And like my brain just kept taking me to like, <laughs> she's no longer a baby. And then yeah. she has such a personality in her attitude and the way that she reacts to things now that it's just, it's a little, you'll see. Oh, I see it now. You'll he see. was like, I don't want to pay rent. I said, listen here, baby, you're paying rent. Listen, you have to. You are going to pay rent. Um, I, I would say, yeah, I noticed a little bit, obviously, because he's not six. But uh, when we go through old pictures is mm. when we notice it, just how tiny he was. Mm-hmm. And he would fit like I could hold him with a hand. And um, mm. uh, now he can walk away and we'll say, let's go inside. And he goes, no. And I go, oh, my God. You little oh, you shit! And I mm-hmm. punch him in the. No, I'm kidding, police. Um, <laughs> no, it it is it is. Um, Alexa, off the record. Um, Alexa, off the record, please. Um, play NWA. Uh, <laughs> it it's scary. Hmm. Yeah, um, it is. Seeing them grow. And it then, is. Um, I I teach four and five year olds, and it, it's my favorite group because they're starting to figure out how to talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, better and use logic and mm-hmm. their personalities do start coming out at four and five and um but they also pick their nose and eat it or mm-hmm. don't wipe their butts and right. I'm like oh my god my baby's gonna do that i need to stop them mm-hmm. um or like eat rocks right yeah so they're like, at that age where yeah. i mean i love seeing your stories whenever you have like a pre-k report i like I those yeah those, those are you. hilarious they're funny because i think of my daughter i was Teaching. Oh, okay. So, okay. I have a story. Can okay. I derail this again? Yeah, second? derail it. This is what it's your podcast. <laughs> Whatever. There, I hear it. Okay. I get it now. <laughs> okay, I'm back. I'm sorry. It's your... last we week... only have this room for 10 more minutes, so. <laughs> no, last week. Okay, so last week I was uh, shameless plug through my company, AZ Lotus Art. That's no, A-Z-L-O-T-U-S <laughs> Art. Um, I was teaching some kids at the Phoenix Center for the Arts. Uh, it was like a couple weeks ago uh, for their spring break, you know, and there was two groups and there was a group of, I think it was like five to seven year olds. And then it was a group of eight to 12 or something. And I was just teaching them. So I go in there and just thinking, okay, you know, these are just kids. It's spring break. Let's just go over like primary colors, you know, something simple. So my older class was like, oh, super engaged. And they were, you know, quiet and concentrated. And then the younger class, like mm-hmm. five year olds or so. To get in there, and I swear, like it was something I had never experienced. Because the first day, I was like, "Hey, so like, have you heard about the primary colors?" And then, literally, I got looks from all of them, like, "Uh, duh, yes." And I was oh. like, "Oh, okay, okay, what are they?" And then they started, you know, like blue and you know red, and you know, oh, okay, cool. What about the secondary colors? Uh, yeah, those are orange and purple and green. Like, so so sure of themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about complementary colors? And then they knew them. And then I was like, okay, well, uh, <clears throat> in today's activity, uh, have you heard of uh, pointillism? You know, that's like yeah. the dots and stuff. And I was like, so let's just work on pointillism with the colors, right? And then the girl was like, oh, yeah, I've done a lot of pointillism, actually, in my life. This is a five-year-old. This is a five-year-old. Yeah, and she was, like, so educated on everything. And I just thought it was amazing because I was not there when I was five. Right. She was like, yeah, you know, like when you put a whole bunch of dots, and they, they seem like they're just dots on your paper, but then as you step away from it with perspective, you can see that it takes a whole lot complete picture. And I'm just like... Who sent you? <laughs> Let me see your earpiece. Who's telling you this? Who's, it was so eye-opening because nowadays, five or six-year-olds, like, I think my girl is pretty smart, but 
now I, I think I've gotten to realize that it's like a whole generation of kids that are being completely open to all these things that I was not when I was little. Yeah. And it was very eye-opening on how focused and how educated they were and how determined they are and yeah. how they have their own perspective because I will say, okay, and now we're going to add this to it. No, I don't want to. What do you, okay, but like, you know, well, it's art, so like, I don't want to do that. Okay. <gasps> so like, I, no. I was actually like, in a way, very much respecting that they already have their point of view on what they like and they don't like. And you oh, can yeah. see when they're minimalist in their art and they actually want to full fill out the whole paper. And so it was very eye-opening. So I, I mean, I know what you're saying with the classroom because there's yeah. some kids and you're like, how are you not teaching this class for me like yeah. I don't <laughs> why do I exist still why, if you could why, take my job why am I here like it was very eye opening but it was so great I really enjoyed them I think that week gave me a lot of knowledge that I didn't know yeah. about future generations and the art yeah and I think it's great that parents put their kids in those uh, spring break camps or summer camps to dedicate them on art because that's not very common so no um since you want to talk about it, uh, you have a. Let's just plug your stuff then. What? What is it? Your gang? What is it? It's a super cool gang. It's a super cool gang, guys. A, no one has ever said that. It's a super cool gang. Me. You. I mean, besides you. It's a colorful gang. Uh, um, it's a whole rainbow of colors in the gang. You know, it's not like a specific shirt you can color. Leave. You can. I'll get somebody else in here. Who, what's that man looking you know, at? It's a, my company is called AZ Lotus Art, and mm-hmm. it's a company that I like to provide art services or bring art to people's lives that they don't know how to get started on it. Um, I discovered about a year ago when I quit my job that I wanted to become an artist, but people don't really pay for art all the time. They like, do not. You know, they don't. Yeah. It, it's just not something that you can just make a living out of it unless you already have a name out there or you're dead. So, either one of those, right? Uh, let's hope you don't go with the second one. No, I know. I'm uh, not saying that. Oh, will, okay. But I'm just saying that it's not something that people pay that a much. Lot, yeah. So, I, I figured out a way of making it a business where it was more of a service that I was going to offer instead of just my art. So, then I started offering face painting, body art, henna, uh, paint parties, almost like one-on-one classes, uh, commission painting. So, I started just expanding the way that I would uh, have that outlet for art and, and give that as services mostly and it's been a year now so that's what I do in my, my business it's it's just basically art all the time I art all the time so I art all the time I art all the time that's my company thing too it's like let's art about it let's art about it so okay that was actually cute let's it is art cute. about let's art about it I, I, like I have that I everywhere I don't ever say the other one uh, but let's art about it is good um, <laughs> so a year ago but then how long have you been painting like how long has that been a part of your life um so i don't i mean i was i was little and i always liked drawing and coloring i remember Mm. when i was uh, that's probably where a lot of my problems come from but i was probably like four or five and instead of playing with toys i would actually grab like color pencils and then like the green and the red will be friends and like the blue and the, I mean I, there's I, nothing wrong I did the exact same exact shit with colors really yeah. Co- well, never... color every things I'd have my eraser and my pencil and they'd be friends but then they'd be mad at the markers and the markers would be like yeah, we'll hang <laughs> the cup's coming out. off yeah no I mean I used to play with my colors all the time it's and called being to... poor right because you didn't have toys Sorry. thank you that was me I don't thank know you. if that was your situation but that well was... not 100% but thank you okay cool um, it, it, it was I mean I just enjoyed I just enjoyed colors. So I drew and sketched all the time. And then um, 
when I got to Arizona and I was going to um, Loma Linda, a teacher's assistant was actually the one that I think she saw something in me, you know, and I was always like a grown up. Yes, you, know? you were. Um, so anyways, I would, I would pretty much like talk to her all the time in class just about like, you know, my, my upcoming, you know, how I was like raised and all these things. And um, I remember for a birthday, she was like, I think she talked to my mom about it, just make sure it was okay. But for my birthday, she got me one of those little portfolios that like an art set. Mm-hmm. And it came with acrylic paints, oil paints, erasers, markers, oh. crayons. Like, yeah, like she gave me an actual like nice little wooden portfolio thing. And she was like, I think you should start trying other things, not just the colors or the sketching. Like you should do it. And I started just messing with paint, but I didn't really do anything with mm-hmm. that. But I, it was already in my mind that I was like, you know what? I want to be an artist. Like, this is something I like. And I still have that portfolio, and I still have some Whoa. of those things from that set. I 100% do. And then in high school, do you know how they offer art class? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Well, I took it in Whoa. junior year. Uh-huh. Uh, it was just like as an elective. And I did a, f- a couple of sketches, and then that's when I created my very first painting, which was not that fantastic. But it was my very first painting. And I was like, actually, I kind of like this. And then from there, I would paint probably like once a year, twice a year, and didn't really commit to it. Um, then I started painting more after I lost my scholarship and I started working. So then I met my uh, daughter's dad and we were married for a while. And then during the time that I was married, I did not paint a single thing, which should have been like a red flag, yes, you know, a hundred percent. So I was never, I, I didn't, I didn't paint for years. And I was like, oh, a red flag. I always say this, like, red means passion, you know? Like, yeah. Hmm, let's just make a cute scarf with all these red flags. Like, it was just not even. Yeah. So, that didn't work out. And then after um, that ended is when I started painting again. And then I just told myself that I was not going to stop anymore. And that was a few years ago. Like, five or almost six years ago. So, now it's something that I try to create every day. Even if it sucks. Even if it's lame. I just yeah. try to sketch, draw something, paint, whatever. Um, but in the past couple of years, I really focused on it. So I've created a lot more pieces in the past year than I have in my life. So, yeah, yeah. it's 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 a little stressful sometimes. Which part? The part that you have to be creative as a business. Yeah, I Cause, bet. Because creativity comes from a different side of inspiration. Mm-hmm. So I've... I've tried to figure out a way of making it something where I'm, I still enjoy what I'm doing, even though it's my business. Mm-hmm. So, so far it's been okay, but mm-hmm. there are some days where I know I need to paint that I, I just can't. I just, I just, I can't. I have to wait. So. Yeah. And what, what happened for you, for it to click in your head um, that you could quit your job and then go paint? Because that's super scary. Because uh-huh. I, I, as a teacher... I could I could audition for plays and stuff uh-huh. or go to rehearsals, so I I could still have that, but I wouldn't bet on me by myself without a job. Uh-huh. Um, I mean I'm I'm beautiful and talented, but uh-huh. yeah. I mm-hmm. just acting is not like well art is just it's it's so fickle. Yeah. So what gave you the confidence? What clicked in your head to? So there was a couple of things. I, my job, I used to love my job, but it was a it was a lot of hours, a lot of hours. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was rewarding in its own ways. And I was like a, a, a lead to a lot of people and I would help them and shape them. And I love empowering people. I love doing all those things. So it was great. But then my daughter was going to start kindergarten. 
and yeah. I wanted to be present. And it wasn't just like a job, like an eight to five and pick her up and we're good. No, it was sometimes it was late days, late weekends. It was very demanding. Yeah. Um, so I just decided and I said, I need to do something because I need to be present. And um, I started to figure out, again, how to make this into an actual service. So I started doing research of things to offer that people would be more willing to pay for than just my art. And then hopefully through those services, they'll see my art and then they'll see me and then they'll understand my art and then they'll purchase it. Mm. So I just kind of had an idea. Um, Was it easy? No. Scared shitless? Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. But I decided to set up a plan, set up my company, you know, my... Uh, I had my friend help me out because this is something she does for a living too. So she helped me with my vision, my colors, my font, my target market, what I need to do, my goals, all of those things. I had my savings. I just put it to the side and I said, I'm jumping now. If I don't jump now, I'm never going to do it Yeah. because I had just, I was just going to turn 30 and I just felt that was the age that I needed to make a change. Mm-hmm. And I can always get another job somewhere else if it doesn't right. work out, right? So I kind of like very... I mean, I wouldn't say like not prepared because I did prepare a few things, but uh, I put my two two month notice and I was like, I'm out. Yeah. So two months. Yeah. That's what it took. Yeah. And it's almost going to be a year now. Yeah. Uh Are you going to celebrate? I I feel like I should. I think you definitely should. Yeah. Also, the thing is that if you are an art, if you're an artist and you're trying to do something like this for a full time, um, I think what you speak becomes reality so you speak things into existence and i've never called myself a starving artist and i will never do that i am an entrepreneur with um with a passion in the arts and that's basically who i am so i will never call myself a starving artist i will never say yeah (laughs) (laughs) a lot of people do it and just speak it into existence if you keep referring to yourself in terms of like i'm broke i'm not successful i don't have money i don't never gonna make it um if you wouldn't allow somebody else to tell you those things, then why are you telling them to yourself? It's kind mm-hmm. of how I see it. So I never say that. I'm always manifesting and putting in the universe and creating my vision board. I was like, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to have my studio. I'm going to have paint classes and I'm going to be with my daughter. It's my vision board. Yeah. And that was last year. And a lot of those things I'd accomplished. And then for this year, I put, I'm going to have some kind of organization where I can empower other artists and other women. And I'm going to, Maybe put on a show with like all artists, you know, women. Like yeah. that was my vision. I wasn't specific enough, so the universe has given me that, but like through a different avenue, yeah. like with the Mujeres Mercado. But I'm yeah. on the board with them, and I, I help create and, and empower other women and get them out with their business, which is technically what I asked for. Yeah, but no, it's, it, it but is. it's not my yeah. own. So that's that. I asked for a mural, and I'm just finishing out my first mural ever. What? So it's it's all Where's, about visualizing. Yeah. It. It's in a tattoo shop. The opening is on. It's next Saturday. Yeah. Damn. I know. It's it's something that it's it's a little surreal. It yeah. really, really is. Just to know that there's there's weeks when I don't do so great and there's other weeks that I'm like never in a million years would I've thought that I could make a leaning and like pay off my vehicle with my art. Like never. Right. Yeah. Never. So it, it's I mean it's possible, it's not easy, mm-hmm. it's not luck. Cause oh no. Yeah. I, I mean, this dark circle right here would tell yeah. you it's not fucking luck. It's, yeah. it's, it's something that I work hard, but I have been blessed. So I keep on adding things to my list, just things that I want to do, put it on my vision, put it out there, and go on like fearlessly, even though I am scared shitless. Yeah. <laughs> like how I quit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, even when I quit, the, 
the owner of the company was basically like, okay, so what do we need to do? Do we need to give you, you know, more a raise? Do we need to give you this? Do we need to give you that? And I literally looked at him and I said, the one thing I want is more time with my daughter and you can't give me that. So I appreciate the offer, but I can't, I can't. And it took a lot for me to say it because I've always been very like work oriented. Uh-huh. So it's been the best decision I've ever made. I can go and volunteer her class. I can go pick her up, drop her off. I can, you know, be part of her homework, events. I, I can just go and do paint parties at her class. Yeah? Yeah, I do that. So, it's kind of cool. Um, what? I hate that you're a good mom. Um, <laughs> what just happened? <laughs> I spoke before I thought. No, um, what did your parents think about you uh, quitting your job? Because I'm sure that's scary as a parent for this thing you raised, this person that you protected. Mm. They're like, hey, I'm going to take this huge risk, though. Yeah. What? Um, well, I think the encounter of, of like that conversation with my parents came before I even quit. Mm. I was, because before I quit, it was like a year ago. But a year before that, I started doing more shows and I started trying to get out there. My plan was to just do all the shows that I could and meet all the people that I could and try to build a network and become part of the art circle in Phoenix. Like I had all these goals. So I started doing that a year before I even quit. But I was doing that and then uh, I will get home from work pretty late and then, you know, with my daughter for a little bit, dinner, there's that, she will go to bed and then I will start painting. So I wouldn't paint, like start painting until like 10, 30, 11 o'clock and then I will go to bed like at three or four in the morning. I would go to bed, wake up again, and then do it again. So yeah. I kept doing this. And I remember very well one time that I was like super heartbroken because my mom was like, you need to pay more attention to your kid, basically. And I was like, what do you What do you mean? And I don't think she was doing it in a rude way. I think she was yeah, just concerned. Yeah. But I was like, what do you mean? She goes, yeah, you're doing all these things. Like, what are they for? Like, they don't give you any money. They're not going to support you. They're not going to do any of these things. And you should be paying attention to them. And I was like, one, I was like, first of all, when do you think I'm doing this? Because I'm doing this out of my old sleep time so yeah. that I can do it because it is my passion and it is what I want to do. And having a passion, sometimes that's what it is. You make sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And so I had a very like intense conversation with her. I cried for a long time because yeah. it felt like she wouldn't be- believe in me. And I never went to school for art. I never did any of that. So it was just something that I just wanted to do. So... But that was that conversation that I had. And I think internally I was like, I'm going to prove her that this is not just some bullshit that I'm doing. Like, this is going to mean something for me and for her, like for my daughter in the future. So months went by and I think she started seeing how more serious I was and how dedicated I was. And, you know, I'm not sleeping and all those things. Cool. And then I did my first art show and then I sold a couple of originals. And then people started liking my art a little bit more. And then they started liking my pieces or commissioning me for pieces. And I think she started to see that maybe there could be something for me there. Um, And ever since that conversation, I don't think she ever said anything negative about my art or my business. So when I told them, like, this is what I want to do. This is my plan. I'm not just going to go and paint and hold people buy it. I'm actually going to do this. And this is how I'm going to market it. And this is how I'm going to, you know, this is who I'm going to go after. Like, I had a plan. And I think that helped them. And they were just basically very supportive. And they said, okay, like, you know what you're doing. You're grown up. Like, if you need to do this, yeah. we're here to support you. Um, and I think it's great that you're taking a risk because most people don't. But usually in this life, whoever takes the most risks, they're the most successful because they did something that nobody else did. So yeah. I, I just kind of wanted to do it. And I think at the end, they were very supportive. So for me, the setback came 
before I tried yeah, to quit. Yeah. yeah. And then after I did it, I mean, now they know that I'm, I usually work weekends. I'm constantly working and um, they're very supportive. But I think it's, I think we're all pretty shocked that it's been almost a year and I'm doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's nowhere compared the amount of money that I would be making if I was still working at the job, but it also, I've been paid and rewarding other ways. So. Yeah. But you're happier. Oh, 100%. Which is the, the main part. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I feel healthier, um, mentally healthier as well. I mean, I dye my hair any color I want. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. And then I walk Did into... Did you not before? No. Not, well, because it's like, I mean, I guess I could. I just never did. What did the company rhyme with? You don't want to say the name. Smush, No, I think it was pretty open for the hair color, but I just, I was always in some kind of management leadership role. And I feel like sometimes you have to dress the part in a way to get that respect. You know, that's usually how it is. Yeah. We're talking about it, especially when you work with a lot of men. You uh-huh. have to. Yes. And so... I just never did it. And then I showed up on my last day of work with blue hair. Okay. And I just showed up in my last day of work like, I have blue hair. This is a yeah. new start. This is Women, we tend to we tend to put things out there through our hair. Uh, it's like our diary. So, yeah, I, I went like that. And then since then, I've just been changing it. And now it's fried. And now I feel like I need to go back to not having it like this. But it's become part of my brand now. Like, people yeah. recognize that I always have, like, weird hair. So, now I can't do it. So go fund me. Oh for... God! <laughs> Just kidding. God, not again. <laughs> no. Plugging. This isn't about you. I thought he was. Isn't... Damn it. Oh shit. Yeah, I guess it fine. Is. It is. No, but I, it's it's healthier, definitely. Mm. Yeah. So if anybody out there is thinking about making a change, like don't do it blindly. Don't do it like, well, right. fuck it, I'm out. Like, I'm no. out of here. Yeah, I don't think that's the right way either. But there is definitely a market, and there's opportunity, and there's money. Uh, where your passion is because if it's really truly something that you want to do I think the universe just provides after that mm-hmm. yeah well I disagree to the end no um <laughs> what I, but no what I that's true it's it's you you did the research right I when I was thinking oh I should do a podcast and Serena <laughs> said the stuff you were saying what's your brand what's your audience what's your I go I don't know I was just gonna talk to people and yeah uh, it's been cool so far but it I think it's different though because my motivate this doesn't uh, determine if I get pay rent, right? You, uh-huh. just, you need to, so you made sure it was very strategic and you uh-huh. thought about all those things, uh-huh. but it also feeds into what you love. Mm-hmm. So that that's really great, and um, that's it. Well, well, see ya. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. I think it's important that you listen to your wife first of all. Oh, I yeah. Uh-huh. No, first definitely. Of all. And. Um, and set it up that way because yeah right now it's just you know your podcast and what you want to do but it is also you're also the way that i okay so i we're sponsored by arby's so if you could say arby's just like 10 more times before the end well don't do it all at once no well it's gonna be over four hours specific uh no i think that i saw this lady uh, her name is chrissy Wright, and she has a business boutique and she has a book with that name and she does a lot of like entrepreneur classes and stuff and there was one video that she posted one day that it was about uh, making your business successful when you can provide solutions. Mm-hmm. So if you can think of a way that your business will provide solutions to others, they will buy. Mm. So for me, I mean, 
it's art necessarily like a problem solving skill not necessarily but it could be so the way that i think about it is if they hire me for face painting is because they want to solve the problem of entertaining the children yeah, you know exactly. if they if they hire me to paint something for them is because they want to solve the problem of feeling an area that feels really empty like you kind of have to switch it so right now to you this may seem like just a podcast but if you think of it a solution for people like me to come and actually have an outlet and, and reach other audiences and talk about subjects that you know like mansplaining and you know oh and the, the privilege and all those uh-huh. things honestly there are things that you never know how they're going to to reach someone and maybe the podcast is the only way that someone's going to have that moment of enlightenment and go oh no shit this is what i need to do yeah you know and so i mean right now you're talking you about give it like, too much credit this is the number one podcast in ukraine is in it? South Korea. Well, it's, not, it's about what? to be the number one in, Air, in, in, in Arizona. Arizona. I'm not going to go to the U.S. You just told a lie. Um, <laughs> no, 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 wow, thanks. You're not going to go to the whole U.S. No, I Being can't. realistic. Little, is, no, it's, you're totally fine. It's a, um, it's a clue. No, uh, I think you should take it seriously. Oh, I mean, I, I, you I mean, but. Yeah. Thanks for insulting my life. No, um, no I, yeah, I just enjoy, because that, that was a trap I fell into with acting was, oh, I'm not winning because there's like awards you could win mm-hmm. in Arizona locally mm-hmm. for acting. And mm-hmm. when I wouldn't win those or I wouldn't get cast and thing, and I would constantly compare myself uh, to other actors, Mm-mm. I fell into that trap of, uh, well, I'm not succeeding. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, I don't really know when the switch turned on of um, just do it because it makes you happy. Right. So once I was doing it for that. I, I was again, you know, a lot happier. I was I was mm-hmm. just do I was having fun mm-hmm. and it was amazing. So, mm-hmm. um, so I think that helped with this. Whereas I don't I don't make but I like I love talking to people mm-hmm. and Arby's. Uh, if it somehow <laughs> makes money, um, Tesla. If it somehow <laughs> helps me, Nyquil. Uh, get money. I don't know. Um, Phoenix Suns. So if it helps me uh, get stuff, that'd be cool. But yeah, the main and then also it's to highlight. People doing stuff in the community, I think and it's then great. so I guess that is helping. It is a hundred percent helping. It is, which is why, like I'm telling you, I, you know, as someone that with my business, my company of two employees, me and my daughter, mm-hmm. um, I don't get a lot. Wait, of- <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> I always make this uh, joke. She wait a second. She doesn't do anything. She's just there. She's like fire that, her then if she not, doesn't do know, anything. I always make this joke too, like. Potlucks are not the same because she never brings anything to the potlucks and then she eats everything. She eats everything. Oh, she's me then at the potluck. Right, exactly. Okay. But no, yeah. no, what I was going to say, <laughs> like, honestly, is that uh, you doing this for like, you know, for people like us that we don't have, I mean, I don't know anything about, I barely know how to turn off my phone, you know, and it's just something. Oh, good. Yeah, I know. Um, it's an outlet and, and, and you are doing something great because then you'll connect people through this podcast and it's, it's nice that you're doing it. Even if it's just for fun, I think it's great that it is, you know, that you're looking at it because you enjoy it and you want to give that outlet. I think it's something It's something great. And don't compare yourself. That's a horrible trip. Yeah, that's, trap. A, that's a terrible... So it's then, a horrible trip. Here's I'm guessing a, you don't. Um, well, I used to. Used to, yeah. So I've been there, which is why I'm saying it's not great uh-huh. because we all come from different experiences and different mm-hmm. education and different everything. So we can't really compare ourselves to another person. And especially when something artistic comes from it, um, if it's acting, singing, dancing, painting, whatever it is, the way that I see art is I've started relating it almost as a, as a diary. Mm. You know, people have their diaries 
And you will never go and compare your page to somebody else's page because you're different, 100% different. So when someone creates something that is amazing, like in my case, if it's a painting, it is so beautiful. I look at it and I say, they went through different things in their lives to get them to that point. Mm -hmm. And I can do the best in providing what I can with what my life has given me. And this is my diary page. You know, and sometimes I finish a painting and I'll look at it, you know, a few months from now and I'm like, who the fuck lets me paint? Because I hate it. Please stop cursing. (laughs) Arby's. Arby's. (laughs) (laughs) See, there it is. We're going to get kicked out of this church. This is going to be so bad. No, I looked at it back and then I just go and say, well, I signed it because at that moment in that day, it felt like a finished page. And now it's not, so... Also, I know I'm not the most talented person out there, and I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not looking for a compliment, I'm just saying it. I had one lined up, but sure, if you don't want the compliment. No, no, I'm not. I'm not looking for it, because I know that I'm not. I don't have all the education, all the terms. I don't have a lot of those things that make, like, a fine artist. I, I don't. Mm-hmm. I do it because I like it. I enjoy it. I use all the colors of the rainbow, and I just make, like, super obnoxious, bright, colorful art. I do. Um, but then I also started to realize that Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard enough. Yeah. So I know a lot of people that are super talented and they just don't want to take the risks or yeah. do anything. So here I come. Like, I'm going to take all the opportunities. I'm going to knock on all the doors. And uh-huh. then whatever lands, lands. And through doing that, I think I'm also getting a little more experience and learning more. So no more comparisons. I stopped yeah. doing that a while ago. That was like dark. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's a dark spot. Which is- what the hell just happened? It's just, you know what else is dark? Arby's. They Arby's. Have the meat. Meat. They have the meat. So, um, that'd be pretty great if they sponsored. Um, my, my brother Jeremiah and I were talking about um, art, right? And he's a dancer. I'm an mm-hmm. actor. Um, and we were going through, you know, what what makes an artist? What is, mm-hmm. how does that, how is that defined? And it was, it was jumping around and, um, I, th- I think somewhere a little bit of where we landed was you can tell when someone loves it mm-hmm. when they put out something mm-hmm. and it's personal to them and mm-hmm. they love it mm-hmm. and um, it, I thought of it because when I was dancing and um, I took a, a shit ton of dance classes and um, one of the professors was telling my friend my friend told me um, that Michael is uh, he doesn't quite get it and he doesn't quite like <laughs> get the movement but he loves it mm-hmm. and he's happy dancing mm-hmm. and he loves dancing mm-hmm. and she said you can't teach that Mm-mm. and so you know when you bring up that you weren't educated or mm-hmm. you didn't do the training you love it and i i think it i i know i know it shows Thank right you. when you yeah. when you do it for people um with the face painting and you also do belly painting yes yeah, maternity art I how did how did you even i've never heard of that how did that pop up in your head how did it pop up? So I had seen it, um, okay. mostly in the Pinterest world, you know. Uh, I had seen it because people do henna or they, they try to, they do something on the belly and then they take pictures of it. And then it's usually something that they hang in the nursery room. Like, you know, just kind of, right. it's just something to keep memory of or doing their pregnancy photo shoots and stuff. Or people usually have it for their baby showers. Like, it's just something that, I guess it's a trend. Yeah. Um, I didn't know about it when I was pregnant, but then I discovered uh-huh. it when I was doing this. And then this one lady was the one that was like, hey, do you do this? And I'm like, yes, I do. Yeah. Which I had never done before, oh, but that's my. but that's my life. You know, right. yes, I do, because I know I can do it. And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm, 100%. And I sketched and I practiced and I was super nervous. And then when I was doing it, I was like, how come I have not done this before? Like, this is the most 
relaxing bonding thing ever and then you're sitting there and then they're just it's just one more memory that you're creating for this person that is welcoming the baby to the world yeah and you're painting something meaningful on their belly they can take pictures with their hands with their skin with the baby like it's just something very very meaningful and i loved it so since then i just started doing it more yeah i I, yeah i usually do two free bellies a year for mother's day so starting in april is when i put it out there so before mother's day i i do it for free for a couple of months because it's it's just something nice no, People want like the ultrasound painted, or they want something meaningful to welcome them, or it's it's just it, it's it's just cute. It's a cute yeah. thing to do. I love it. When when you when someone says, "Oh, I want, I want you to face paint or or belly paint," do you have a list of things I could paint any of this, or do you take requests? All of it. Everything. Mm-hmm. So, have you ever had a request where you thought, oh, "Okay." Like, what's the most difficult request where you thought, oh, maybe not, but you still did. I'm sure you still did it. It's just made you take a second. So when it comes to like belly art or actual commissions and stuff, I've been pretty blessed that they're usually things that I can't because people usually when they reach me for that, they already like my style and my outlook Mm. and perspective on things. So it's a lot easier, even with my commissions, when they want me to paint something for them, I usually just ask like, what are your favorite colors? What, you, what subject do you want on it? What size? And is there anything specific that you want on it? Like, I don't really get a lot of... I have a lot of artist friends who are like, oh my God, they're so picky. And then they ask this and that. I've been pretty blessed with people just trusting me. So they give me like That's four amazing. different things and then I just do it. And then I give it to them and they're like, oh my God, it's better than I even expected. Like, I didn't even tell you what I needed. And then you did. It, it just kind of... I've been blessed with that. Oh, that's great. When it comes to face painting though and uh-huh. dealing with kids, that's when it's a little tricky because they ask me the weirdest things. Like... Can you paint me like this Fortnite character? Can you paint me like oh, a marshmallow? Fortnite. Okay. Okay. Oh, there was one girl who was like, can you paint me like the Snapchat logo? Okay. What? Wait, what? Yeah, like actual like yellow square with dots and the ghost in the oh, middle. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that. And so I was like, this is what it will look like. This is what you want? And she was like, yeah, this is exactly what I want. So that probably has to be one of the weirdest things I've painted on anybody's face. Okay. But I, yeah, but I did it. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you. So when it comes with kids in face painting, that's usually when I get the weirdest request. Yeah. Can I have a cat that is jumping out of a rainbow with like a horse and then the fish is weird. Like, you know, their yeah. imagination. So yeah. that's when I'm like, uh, no, you can pick from this list. Like when it comes to face painting. Yeah. yeah. But other than that, no, I think people are actually pretty great. It's pretty, I mean, so far, no complaints. Yeah. That I know of. I think. Arby's. That's, <laughs> they get no complaints. Um, actually, we have all the kids that you've ever done. <laughs> they just streaming it. I didn't like when you. <laughs> Little Tommy. Little Tommy, I remember you, you son of a bitch. Um, and so, with your daughter, mm-hmm. you've kept her alive for six years. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, how's that been, being a mom? I love it. Yeah? I love it. I feel like sometimes my personality is uh, not the most nurturing, loving type. I'm How not so? Saying, I'm not saying it in a mean way. I just oh. think that I'm always very... Um, there's personality types, and you probably have done that through your education stuff, but there's personality types, and there's different traits for different oh, people. Yeah. And my, I think when it comes to me, I'm more of like a direct task driven person than I am like person you know like a relationship when it comes with her she's like total my weakness and then I'm also very independent and I'm total feminist and I'm total this so I think sometimes I try to build her up 
to be an independent woman when she grows up and yeah. it may not come as nurturing or like babying in a way yeah yeah to some of you know other like other people but I mean, obviously, I love her, and I'm nice to her. You know, I kept her alive. Wow, I like how that was the... No. I love her, I'm nice to her. I'm kidding, and I'm kidding. No, You're not I, nice to her. No, I'm I... am kidding. No, I... Um, sometimes I think... And it, it may not just be me, but as mothers, sometimes we always feel like we could be doing so much better. Right. You know? Like, I think it's, it's very hard for a mother, or even a father, too, to be like, I'm a great dad. Like, it's, it's, just, it's just a hard thing to do. Yeah. So... I try to give her my best and I try to give her my quality time and I try to give her my attention and I may not give her everything that she wants in this world, but I'm trying to make her a decent human being for other people. Yeah. So that's just kind of where I'm at. So I know it came out wrong the first time I started saying it, but what I meant is that I don't consider myself to be a super great mom, but I think it's very difficult for anyone to say that. Yeah. I don't think anyone should say I'm a good yeah. parent. Unless... They're on trial. Like, I don't... <laughs> like, how defensive do you have to be to say, I'm No, I'm a good parent! I'm a good... And you're yeah. handcuffs being taken away. Um, yeah. I also... Yeah, I, I don't... I never say that I'm I'm a good dad. I think it's a hard thing to yeah, say. Yeah, it's very strange. So, I love being her mom. And I love that we're so close. And I love that we're friends. And um, a week after I quit my job... Yeah. Exactly a week after. Like, my first week at home with her. We were just sitting on the couch in the morning, you know, we're just watching a show or whatever. And she just looked at, she was sitting next to me and she looked at me and she was like, hey, mom. And I was like, what? She goes, thank you. And I was like, for what? And I swear to you, like, literally, she looked at me and said, for quitting your job so that you could be with me. And I, even now, like that, it was like, Ugh, yeah, I'll be right back. Like, I can't, you know, and mom, what's wrong? Clean your room. Get out of my face. Oh, no, I, I teared up so much. And she knows I cry for everything. Like, I'm a very emotional person when it comes to, like, TV shows or anything like, you know, good yeah. shit like that. I, I don't mind showing her that I show my emotions. So, I was, like, tearing up. And she's like, what's wrong? And I was like, no, that was just something very, very sweet. And I'm and I'm very, very happy that I did because then we could have this. So, since then, when you say, like, how did you do it? How did you take that risk? I think that week after was just validation that it doesn't matter if I had to go and paint faces and a bus stop like I this is what I wanted to do yeah so I guess that's how I that's what being a mom is like to me just making sure that she is she's a good human being yeah she's loving she's kind she's not judgmental she is uh, happy yeah. and uh, she has art in her life and yeah that's kind of how I take it yeah she paints all the time too oh really she's not that great I'm just kidding <laughs> Your face. Oh my god. No, she's no. Great. I I get that too. Some of my kids suck. Um, they'll... no, no, no. She's great. Sorry, she's no, they great. suck. So no, not your daughter. My kids. Okay. Um, where they'll go. Look at my my drawing. And we're we're trained, you know, to say, oh, tell me about your drawing. Versus, <laughs> oh, is that a giraffe? And they okay. go, no, it's a chair. Now you've just broken their dreams because uh... they're like, it's not a giraffe. Um, no, my daughter is great. Yeah. She's okay. Wow. You're very defensive now. <laughs> it's gotten too far. <laughs> iPhone. So. She's great. Okay. Wow. I love her. You don't. <laughs> I went. Okay. I went to school. This the is prosecutor. The prosecution rests. What the <laughs> hell is going on? I went to school uh, to her school for like a month ago, and then they had the Dr. Seuss theme going on. You know, like that bulletin oh, board. Yeah. And they had like all the places we'll go, and it was. I love that book. 
And all I'm the, sorry. <laughs> the, <laughs> it's about me. <laughs> the kids, uh, they had like the teacher had put the board with all the kids holding uh, a piece of paper saying what they want to be when they grow up. So I saw them and I was like, oh, that's cute, that's cute. I don't know, I know her classmates and stuff. So it was like firefighter, doctor, you know, then like all these things. Or I want to be a mommy, like just random stuff. And then I went to her and she was the only mm. one in the whole class and it said artist on it. And my heart just yes. completely dropped. And like everywhere and everything she does, it's all artist. And even when they paint something and they put it up in the classroom, you can tell the other kids like color and stuff, but like she plasters a whole paper with color because that's how I paint. I don't leave empty spaces. Uh-huh. I have a thing for negative space. I know that's not you fine art. Like ne- you don't like negative space? I, my brain does not adjust to it. Oh. Like I don't know why. I cover everything. So mm-hmm. I think when she sees that, even when she colors in the coloring books, she does sky and backgrounds and adds in like colors because it has to be fully covered so now when i go and i can recognize her paper because she's like the only kid that just takes all the space so it's it's one of those rewarding moments i'm like she said she's an artist and i'm like trying not to freak out and she's so adorable you ripped it off the board and took it mine forever giant hole in the wall yeah she's gotten a couple of awards at school for being like the future artist and stuff like yeah yeah i think that's a specific bond we have too because we paint together i teach her she doesn't let me paint her face anymore. I think she's over that. She's like, oh, again? Because really? oh, when I started, damn. I had to practice on her face. That was face. a terrible impression. I mean, I don't know what your daughter sounds like, but that, yeah. I'm assuming that's a terrible impression it of is. your daughter. It is. It really is. But at the beginning, when I was practicing, I had to practice on her face all the time. So I think she just got over it. You know how kids like love face painting? My daughter oh, yeah. and I was like, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Whoa. Unless it's at a party. Uh-huh. And, and her mom's a face painter. Then she's like, oh, yeah, that's my mom. Mom, can you paint my face, please? Like, you know, when it's a Mom pass, like, I get to cut the line. Right, exactly. Get your ass. Exactly. Yeah. But if otherwise, no. She's a little, she's a little character. Yeah. Well, that's amazing that you spend so much time. And that, that's a huge thing when, when I have parent-teacher conferences mm. uh, and the parents are shitty. Um, unfortunately. Unfortunately, I know. Um it's just time. It's just mm-hmm. being with them. And even even just remove um, the, the time you do get to spend with her because uh, you're not working, you still make time anyway. I feel like you would have done it anyway working. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that's amazing to do that. And it's obviously coming out because she can count on art, being mm-hmm. an artist. Yeah. Uh, one of my kids said T-Rex, and I said, you're a dum-dum. Um, uh-huh. How did that go? I said it. I just, did, I just did it right now. I said, you're a dum-dum. Oh, okay. T-Rex is not a job. Mm-hmm. It could be. It, if you're like a T-Rex, like a dinosaur, like a park adventure, and you get paid by the hour. She's dancing like a dinosaur. No one can see this because it's not a video, <laughs> but she's making dinosaur choo-choo train movements. Um, Killing my dreams and shit. Damn. You have your dream. Let everyone else have their dreams. All dreams matter. All so. Dreams. Stop. You see. This is not that kind of podcast. Oh, it's um, so structured. So what's the next question on your podcast? <laughs> Sorry, I talk a lot. No, that fool. This is supposed to be about you. Oh, okay. Well, damn. Those are oh. words you never want to say to me because then I'll go on and on and on and on. You can't. Chapter if, three. If you're cool, if you're cool with that, I can just go to go get something to eat and I'll come back. <laughs> I have the room for another. 48 minutes so if you Chapter just three. just keep I'll insert me talking every once in a while no. oh really oh okay I think, um, I think it's good what's something you hope from your childhood um, 
to give to your daughter? Uh, either a lesson or an experience you had growing up that you hope to replicate? That's a hard question. That's a hard question. Because I think as parents, we don't want to give our kids our struggles when we were you know, children. Yeah, we'll take out the struggle part. But I had a pretty, uh, pretty muddy childhood, you could say. Okay. Yeah, so if anything... Um, Maybe it's just something that I try to tell her all the time that if she's not feeling 100% or there's something that is bothering her, she feels a little sad. I want her to know that it is okay to open up and talk about it because sometimes, or actually most of the time, it becomes less intense when you speak it out. Mm -hmm. And I think as a kid, sometimes I held a lot of things in. Mm. And growing up, I just tried to deal with things on my own. Where in all honesty, I probably shouldn't have. I probably should have just thought something to someone so whenever I see that she's not 100% it's like okay tell me about it like how are you feeling and you know and then whenever she tells me it's not something where I'm like dummy really like no it's not like you know what I mean because it's yeah, not yeah. about you can't minimize what it's bothering her even right. if it's something it, it is something yeah. to her so whenever she says something like well you know it's because of this and this and this and that it's like okay how you're feeling it's very valid you know because you feel this way but let's think about it this way too do you think it would help if we do this like i try to take her out of those feelings without telling her that it is not okay to feel like that yeah if that makes sense so i think maybe that's something that i really really try to stress on with her because i didn't take advantage of that when i was a kid and i feel like it would have helped me to know that it is okay to be open right it's okay to be vulnerable to people yeah. people should know that you're not perfect oh yeah Except yeah. me. Well, I know you're not perfect. So. When people shouldn't know that. Thanks for... <laughs> He's not perfect. No, stop. Arby's is. It's... Yeah? <laughs> Good job. How many times is that? <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, it was I think we got. I think we got it. I think we got the Arby's. Um, we usually... <sighs> yep. We usually end... <laughs> every ep- We, me and the coffee, uh-huh. usually end every episode with uh, questions. Even though there's been questions the whole time, these are just sort of a little more random than okay. about Dumb. you. Um, don't call it dumb. I said done. Let's do it. Why are you arguing you with me? You don't call the shots here. Why are you arguing with me? Um, what is the most underrated or overrated TV show? Um. She left the room. Oh. <laughs> I'm still here. I... I think for me to say overrated for a TV show that I haven't watched, it's not okay. And if I watch a TV show, it's because I like them. So that's a struggle. But underrated, I think everyone should watch like creative shows. They're like problem solvers. I love like what? Like I love anything like from Skin Wars to Face Off to Project Runway to <gasps> Drag Race. You know, RuPaul, like anything that has to do with some kind of creativity, I'm all down for them. I think we should put more of that out there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they go too much into the drama, but yeah, they have to. But I like the creativity the of somehow. them. Yeah. So any kind of show that is like that, I think it's great. Uh, I have not been able to get into any of the Game of Thrones episodes. I don't like how you struggled with that sentence. Because what there's the so hell many just people that oh, are... Oh, no, I refuse to watch it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so then that's probably something well, that I'm like... You're in a safe space. This is a safe, safe space. space. Okay, so that's probably one of the ones that I'm like, oh, I don't get it. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't feel... 
Like I would, I mean, I love Lord of the Rings. That's as far as I'm going. Like I don't need 27 hours of. I don't know. I just don't. It doesn't appeal. Yeah, I'm not mm, not my favorite. No. Yeah. But anything creative, I think that. Do you should watch Inkmaster? Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. Anything like that. Anything that is almost like reality-ish in a way, even though a lot of things are scripted and whatever oh, you want yeah, to call yeah. it. But anything that is like challenging and there's people that have to be creative on a timeline. And then they end up with this like masterpieces, you know, that to me is very inspiring. Yeah. Then it makes me think of like the times that I've struggled to create something in like a month, you know what I mean? And then I watch those things and I've actually gotten inspired to create pieces when I'm in a creative block from watching shows like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's so my I'm, question was, how do you ever break that? Creative block? The Yeah. Mm, shows, music, okay. um, going outside, taking pictures. Just like right now, if I was here and I had a creative block, I'd probably just walk around and take a few pictures. And then um, all of a sudden, that will become the background of something I'm painting. Because okay. I tend to connect things. I'm not a painter from my brain. I'm not one of those who's like, oh, it's, you know, and then just I make, you can't see this, you but I'm making see. brush. She's making wizard movements. <laughs> it's brush. Wizard. Oh, it's a brush. God uh, damn it. I'm not the person that it's just from my head and I just paint everything and turns out, no, I need to have reference photos. So sometimes my photos are the background and then I put a subject on the top, but then I add some kind of, you know, embellishment on the top. Like I connect my photos into one piece. So I take a lot of photos. Yeah. So my phone is like full of different random stuff. Okay. But TV, mm-hmm. like shows like that or music. Do you ever watch... You know, like Project One Way or One Way uh, or Ink Master. <laughs> one Way. Project One Way uh, or Ink Master and feel like an expert because you watched it so much. I get that with Ink, get that way with Ink Master. And then when you brought up Negative Space, mm-hmm. that, because they say it a lot in mm-hmm. the show, I'm like, oh, I know that tattoos. <laughs> and um, so then I learn a lot about and then I, but I try when I get a tattoo, uh, I try not to talk about that stuff. Yeah. Um, because I'm sure they get it all the time. Yeah, your line and your perspective and your dimension yeah. and your color. Oh, that line looks crooked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. right. What dim- yeah. Where, Where's the light coming from exactly. in this picture? Uh, what is your focal point? The, I know. Ex- I know. I know. It happens with Project Runway too. When I'm like, yeah. that collection is not cohesive. Yeah. It's <laughs> and then yeah. Okay. Cohesive so does not just mean color. It needs it's, to mean it texture means and feeling. It, it wrapped girl, around her body. It is really the same well. girl wearing all these outfits? Where? Who is this girl? Where is yeah. this girl going? Like that's me too. <laughs> okay. Cool. Even uh, with like RuPaul, I feel like I'm an expert now. I'm like, mm, mm-mm. Yeah. No, girl. I haven't watched that yet. Oh, I love, I mean, I love RuPaul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. What smell brings back great memories? Speaking about farts earlier, now we're... Uh, uh, what smell brings back great memories? Um, these are hard questions. They're good questions. That's why it's at the end. So then when we start crying, it's yeah. just the end of the episode. I, huh, you know, it's really hard to keep me speechless because I talk all the time. So I don't... What smell brings great memories? That is, I don't know. I wish I had like a deeper uh, answer, but coffee. <laughs> how come? Coffee's fine. I, I think. This uh, is where I'll judge you is the how come, not the Okay, not the well, coffee. I'm an addict. Oh, me too. That's, <laughs> I'm an iced coffee-holic, and uh-huh. I've been one for years. Oh, thank you. Thank I am you okay. for admitting it. I'm okay with admitting it now. Okay. I think I'm past that point, but... Whenever I smell coffee, I feel like it's the start or some of something. Because even when I paint, a lot of painters, um, 
I'm not going to name anybody, but a lot of painters tend to go into um, either some kind of like alcohol, liquor, whatever, or drugs sometimes to be mm -hmm. able to relax and paint. I'm a sober painter. I'm not saying I don't drink because I do drink, but it's I can't paint if I'm drinking because mm -hmm. then it's all crooked and I can't focus. And I'm more of a sober creator and coffee helps me just to focus. And if I don't have coffee, I, I'm not, I don't drink it all day. But I can have my cup of coffee in the morning or my full glass of iced coffee in the morning. Uh -huh. And then I know that I'm ready. So whenever I smell it, it just feels like opportunities to me. You know, it just feels like, I got this. Let's do this. So, yeah, I am, I am a nice coffee holic. It's okay. You're me. No, I'm... <laughs> You're when, me. When we get uh, get ready backstage for a play, yeah. you know, some of the actors will, will sneak in alcohol. They'd ask me, and I go, no, I don't want to fuck up. Like... I'm trying to focus, and I have monster energy drinks and coffee yeah. all lined up. To focus. Caffeine. Yeah, but I'm I'm so scared to see what would happen with alcohol or even Same. weed right before. I Same. feel like that would mess up what Same. I'm trying to do. Same. Especially uh, when you already have like a signature of things on how you do your own stuff. Oh yeah. I feel like that would mess me up. Yeah. Like if I try to do any kind of drug while I was going to paint or if I was drinking, I feel like it would take away my essence and my paintings because it won't necessarily be me like i don't know yeah, it's, I just, it's, it's weird for me yeah, yeah so i'm sober i'm a sober yeah. creator for sure okay so coffee what uh is a shout out to uh fair trade cafe downtown oh my we <laughs> did not pay for that so <laughs> shout Sorry, out to my girl stephanie love mm, you girl no we don't know stephanie here <laughs> she owns fair trade cafe and actually is a pretty cool spot that's where the mercado happens at fair trade cafe yeah tell us more about that yeah. Mujeres, Mujeres Mercado. I, yep, good. You saved it. Because yeah, I was going to butcher welcome. the name. Um, it's, a, it's something that uh, Fair Trade Cafe and Ella Connection, uh, Arizona Latino Connection, started to give a platform to Latino, Latinas mostly, women, um, that are business owners, they're locals, and they don't really know how to start and how to get out there. So they started giving platforms of creating these mercados, like a market thing, um, probably like once a month or, you know, whenever the weather permits. And I was part of the second one, not the first one, the second one. So I wasn't, no. Which one did I go to? You were into like the fourth one. Oh, jeez. So it's not something that I originated with them, but when I found them and I did that mercado and I saw how they were working and um, you do a lot of shows sometimes as a vendor, as an artist, you know, with a booth or whatever, where they treat you as a business. And they're just trying to get money off of you. So oh. yeah, like your 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 space fee as an artist okay. is like three hundred dollars, and then you're just Ooh, like, girl. so how many prints or originals do I have to sell to pay this, right? Yeah. And when I found Mujeres Mercado, the respect on which Ceci and, and Stephanie and Gloria, like the, how they treated you, it was more of like actual genuine helpful. We're here to help you, and I think the fee back then was like super, super small. And it was mostly because they were renting tables and chairs. Okay. So just to kind of cover that. And um, just, you can tell their intentions and their ethics. Yeah. And I was like, I need to be part of this. Like, this is the kind of women that I've been trying to get my vision board, yeah. you know? This is what I need to be part of. So I started just talking more to them and saying, okay, what do I help with? And they started inviting me to their meetings and you know, organizing it. So now I'm basically part of the Mujeres Mercado organizing board for the for the markets and I started bringing other vendors that I meet it's like you should be in the mercado you should be yeah. and it's just a matter of 
understanding that somebody else's success is not your failure. I don't mind bringing yeah. my artist in there because if they make it, then that's great. I'll make it too. We're all different. We have our diaries. Yeah. So I think that comes a lot from the comparison point. When you stop comparing to people, then you know that you're all here for the same reason. Yeah. And so the Mujeres Mercado, is a, it's, an, it's basically... Um, a space where a lot of us women entrepreneurs Latinas there's also some men we're not you no, know exclusive on no. that but um, it's mostly us to know that we're all here for the same purpose and the same reason and we all help each other and there's like a small family of the OGs like the original yeah, yeah. Um, vendors and we talk to each other all the time we support each other if anybody needs anything like it's it's really a community of empowerment and uh, helping each other and then we're gonna start doing workshops to uh, tell people how to start their business, social media, how to register, target market, all those things that they never really teach you in school. Everything I didn't do for this podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. you can come to those. Uh, so they're like workshops. So it's it's definitely something that was in my vision and that the mm-hmm. universe just happened to put there, even though it's not mine. Mm-hmm. Um, so And now I'm like, starting to become part of the board for Ella Connection uh, with them. So I started... I'm actually going to have a little more impact into helping other female entrepreneurs reach their dreams. Sometimes that's all you need. You just need a little push. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's what Mujeres Mercado is. That's amazing. Do you know the next? Is April one... 20... I want to say 27. Okay. Um, yeah, because it's like one week before Mother's Day or so. I think so. Two weeks. Okay. Yeah. So, it's, we'll, a, it's the end we'll of April. It and yeah. it's going to be at Fair Trade Cafe. Okay. And Fair Trade Cafe is a it's a pretty much like a collective space where people will go and... Um, you have coffee, but the tables are like a community, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of meetings there. It's a lot of um, activism and rights and everything. So Stephanie is a great, great woman too. So. That's awesome. Yeah, See, I, I love I women stole, like that in my life. Yeah, mm-hmm. I stole a bunch of um, the cards, everybody's cards, so I can have them on the podcast. Oh yeah, yeah from the Mercado. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I walked around doing that, and then yes. I felt bad when they're like, "Do you want to buy it?" I'm like, "No, I just I, I want to talk to you. That's why I want to help." Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. 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 Do you take yen? So <laughs> yes. shut up. Oh, you yeah. do? <laughs> I have a it's goat a great, and it's a great group. 500 yen. Um, what trends did you follow when you were younger? Oh, God. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's talk about it. Okay, so younger, as in like freshman year. Yeah, I, did, yeah. I did a lot because that's kind of what I remember, just going through a lot of like identity crisis situations. Okay. So one day I was like full on Latina with like my hoops and, you know, my white shirt and, you know, all that stuff. Uh, I had the belts with the letter on the buckle. Oh, me too. But I used to match my belt with my shoelaces for a while. Dang. I know. That was fun. I also went into a whole Avril Lavigne stage where I was wearing like a t-shirt with a tie just hanging on top, you know, with like my belt in the chain. I went Uh through a lot of those trends, unfortunately. Now, now it's uh, in the universe now. No, um, not anymore. I set it, my own People trends in Ukraine now. No. I um, started t- setting my own trends. I think when I stopped um, attending ASU that I was like, I need to be my own person. And I started uh, wearing those brooches yeah. a lot. Like I would just wear them. Like with a t-shirt, I would just put one on. And that was my thing. So for oh, about cool. two years, I would just wear them like an old lady. But it was my thing. Yeah. So I stopped doing that. Now I have crazy hair. Okay. Yeah. Well, so the people in Montreal will know. This is top 10 in Montreal. Oh, cool. Um, How should success be measured? And then by that measurement, who's the most successful person you know? Okay. So success should be measured with your mental health and your happiness. It's not about money. It's not about accomplishment or awards. It's about how happy you are internally. Okay. So 
as far as like who the most successful person is, I can't really tell because I'm not them. But I feel like I am pretty successful at this time because my my mind, my body is as of today, as of right now, in a much better place than it used to be. That to me is success. That's, yeah. that's a true success. Because you can have all the money in the world, all the recognition, all the promotions, everything else. But if you're not internally, mentally happy, that means shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Oh, uh, mine you. is. Uh, I thought it was um, how much credit card debt you can get. Mm. So I thought the higher the number was better. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding out it was the other way. I it used to think that too, but no, not really. No, so no. It's terrible. What is a controversial opinion you have? Why in this podcast? It gets so serious. What the hell just happened? <laughs> controversial opinion I, I have. Um. Doesn't even have to be crazy. It's just something. I feel like I should have gotten this list in advance. No, <laughs> that way it's genuine. <laughs> what is a controversial idea I have? Um, what is a controversial? I'm struggling with this, uh, but wanna one maybe is that I don't believe in the standards of like marriage and doing things in a certain order i guess some people you know live for that and fight for that but i think that relationship and marriage should be a lot bigger than what they are you know if you choose to have kids if you don't want to have kids if your sexual orientation tells you that you're multi-amorous or you know polyamorous whatever i think everyone should just love the way that they want to and if they don't want to get married and sign a paper then don't fucking do it like I, i don't think there should be a standard for how Again, your mental health and how you happy you are. And yeah. um, I get into some conversations with people that have a very standard situation on, you know, and uh, being pro-life or, you know, pro-choice right. and gay rights and all those things. And it's just like, I just wish that people would just mind their own business and let everybody else the Thank fuck alone. You. Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole point. It's not messing you up. No. Then why are you worried about it? Right. Because um, people are still going to do it. Even if you're okay with it or you're not, yeah. whatever it is, they're still going to fucking do it. Yeah. It's just making their God, life a little more words, difficult. You are really... I, just, you gave me... You opened the door. curse word limit. You opened the door. Yeah, because we have 14... It's like, excuse By your, this count is ex- four thousand fifty-seven. Excuse your language. Excuse my language. It's like oh, um, no. no, I'm just kidding. Shit, um, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I even talked to people uh, today uh, who still. Oh, I'm not married. This sucks. Why? You Why? Don't have to get you, you don't have to. And mm-hmm. then I don't know if they they don't listen to me because I am, but I I don't really believe there's an order to think or there's a. a Await two things, right? right? So even if you didn't graduate from college, that's not a knock against you. No. But still, people view it as, oh, fuck, I never graduated. Yeah, okay, well, and there's still... people that graduate and they don't do anything with oh, it. So thank you so it's just, much. It's just a matter of what makes you, you. Right, what makes you happy. It's, this is that's all where it should needs. be. Yeah. And nothing really in this life is standard. And for those people that just go on pretending like everything they have is like super squared up, like super great and... I actually have more respect and admiration for people that kind of come, you know, pretty openly say like, "I'm a little bit of a mess," you know. Yeah, yeah. I because we all are, and then you, you you can just understand them as people. And if you don't want them to do that, then don't fucking do it yourself. But let them choose right, what they yeah. want to do. That's kind of my thing. That was the correct answer for that question. Thank you. It's up there. What is 
What the hell just Family happened? Feud. Oh, wow. I love that show. Um, <laughs> what is the strangest dream you have ever had? I used to have this dream a lot, and I haven't had it in like a year or two. But I always had this dream that I was in a place, and then the sky was full of like airplanes, and they started shooting people. And then the sky would like open and like almost like a crack, and then there would be like airplanes coming. <laughs> you asked for a strange dream. No, I used to have that, that dream. This is repetitively like all the time and i would have to save people maybe it was my daughter or my family or whoever um but it always had to do with something in the sky open like cracking and then airplanes and shooting people and killing people it was weird i haven't had that but you haven't had a long time oh, okay do you know when the last time was probably about a year ago so it could have been my job damn i'm having Dang. a revelation right now Dang. <laughs> um if you had to pick any character in a book or a tv show or a movie to do what? Oh, who's most similar to you? Oh. Who would you choose? Oh. That's, damn, that's hard. Those are hard questions. Um, um, I am not sure. <laughs> Recently, I started watching Jane the Virgin. Just recently, don't judge uh, the fact that I got caught. Like, no, I, I, I'm not caught up yet. I'm barely in season two, so I'm oh like, oh my god, I know I'm way behind. So. We just started season four, which is that's behind from I think it's yeah. five now, right? Right. Well, the, the, I think the fifth one starts on Wednesday. So my plan yes. was to try to get caught up because it was an event that was going to happen with um, Crafty Chica downtown, and you know I was like, just kind of wanted to go with her and like, all those things, and um. I don't think it's going to happen because I didn't realize how long their seasons they are. They are very long. Um, but anyways, as of right now, because it's so fresh in my mind, I think I am very much like Rogelio. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> but <I'm> still... <laughs> That went so differently than I thought. <laughs> you were going to say Jane, and no. then I was going to say Raphael. <laughs> and then you said Rogelio? Yeah. How? So I was telling my, oh my friend. God. I was telling my friend about this because I was messaging her and I was like, I think I'm like Jane, but it was like the first episodes, right? right? And then last night I had a revelation moment and I messaged her and I was like, No, correction, I'm not Jane, I'm Rogelio, and she just laughed because I tend to be pretty confident with a lot of the things I do, but like internally I have more struggles. And then I'm like, I'm very genuine, like I actually care for people and stuff. But then if you don't know them as a person, you may think that they're. Cocky. A, a cocky or a little strange, uh -huh. you know, uh -huh. but it is just, I, I guess it's like self-validation, especially in like an artist creative industry. So whenever he says comments like that, I'm like, oh, you know, like he gets a compliment. He's like, oh, thank you. Yeah, it's my skin, you know, sure. Like yeah. that kind of a thing. Oh, yes, I already know. Yeah, yeah like he doesn't, yeah. it doesn't come off as arrogant to me. I just think it's funny. I think it's charming and I oh think it's very God. confident and it, he's just creative, but yeah. he is very genuine. He has a great heart. Oh, yeah. From, yeah, yeah. So I think it's like a... I'm, I'm more of a Rogelio. <laughs> That's a great answer. Uh, I do have those moments where um, I'll be talking to someone, because I watch so much TV, yeah. um, where I just pick up little characteristics from, yeah. from TV and movies, and just, I don't know if this was season two, and this doesn't spoil anything, but I'll be talking to someone, and they might take a second or two to reply, and I go, I understand, it's me. Yeah. And I'll just like point to yeah. my face, yeah. and just something like that, and I go, oh, that's a Rogelio thing. And um, 
That's an awesome answer. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I think I'm more of Rogelio than any of oh the other characters. Oh, my God, Rogelio. That's not... It's not funny that you ask, because I had just told her last night. I was like, I'm, I'm a Rogelio. I've, I realized that. Yeah. I wish I could do it all the time, though. I, my confidence will, will go to Rogelio mode, mm-hmm. but it's only a few minutes, and then I'm back oh, to... Oh, no. I, I think we yeah, all have those I, moments, yeah. though. Like, I'm not always super 100% confident, but I am pretty confident. And when we do show, especially with my art sister... Um, at Awkward Mommy Art on Instagram. Thank you. Oh, I follow uh, her. Yeah, Sabrina. Cool. I love yeah. her. Uh, she's my art sister. And so I was messaging her last night. And whenever we do shows, she is more of like an introvert, uh, more reserved. She doesn't really like a lot of social settings. I think she's coming out of her show more. And it's a huge challenge for her, but she's owning it, you know? Yeah. Um, and then I'm more like talkative and out there. And, ah, we're completely different. Yeah. Uh, um, opposite. So whenever we have shows together... She just kind of like rolls her eyes and be like, here you go again, oh you know? And so we're very much like that. And we were doing a workshop not too long ago and she was just sitting next to me and we were doing some embroidery or whatever. And then I was like, hey, Sabrina. She was like, what? And I was like, look at me. And then she was like, what? She just looked at me and I was like, that's all. Like, that's all. Oh my. <laughs> As a joke, because I know that's how perfect. to like, I don't know yeah. how to get to her, you know? I was like, just, hey, look at me. Look at me. And then she looked at me. She's like, what? And I'm like, nothing. I just want you to look at me. So we have those things where it's like, uh, it's very much me just being obnoxious to her that way. And I think when I told her Rogelio last night, I was like, oh my God, that's totally me. That's what I do to her, you know? But it's more like an internal joke. And if you're in the art industry or creative industry, get yourself a a sibling in the same industry. It's helpful. If that makes sense. I got myself uh, 14 arch nemesises. That's not the same. It's not? No. Hmm. You need someone that goes through the same struggles as you and that you can talk to each other, like yourself, talk each other out of your dark moments when uh-huh. you're not feeling 100% confident. So for no, me, that that's is... my dogs. Oh, uh, well, I don't think that works that way. Okay. For okay. me, that's my art sister. Yes. Sabrina is like, whenever I feel a little bit, like not too sure, like even I will... She said she sees my paintings before anybody else because it's like, hey, I'm stuck. Like I'm starting to hate her. Like what do I need to do? And then it's like, no, I think it's great. Just work on you know this and that. And then she does the same. Like I'm frustrated with this one. What do you? And we talk to each other a lot. And we do a lot of shows together. You know, even if we're like right next to each other. And yeah. so we've gotten comments before. Like it's really cool that you guys are both artists and you guys are okay with like being next to each other in a space and stuff. And we're like we're not each other's competition. Yeah. Like I I respect a hundred percent her art and her vision and her perspective. And I don't think she's my competition. If she sells something, I celebrate it. And yeah. that's like when I sell something and she celebrates it for me. And so. Get yourself an art sister, an art brother, or someone that is creative with you because it's it's so helpful. Yeah. It's so helpful. Yeah. I love her. I'm glad we, we ran into each other's paths. Okay. Cheesy can, moment. We can, yeah, we can end on a cheesy moment. Awkward moment. Okay. dot Here we go. mommy. This is... That's M-A-M-I okay. dot heart. <laughs> Not heart. Art. Yeah, I was, the way you said it. I was laughing it. at the same time. So I came out with a little bit of air. Heart. Anyways. It's been great. It's been fantastic. Are you ending this? <laughs> what the hell just... Are you ending this? No, I'm Fine, not. no, we can end it. No, no, no. No, it's I'm cool. Not. No, it's fine. I love it's those fine. questions, by the way, at the end. Cool. Awesome. Because they're so random. They are they actually very... Make yeah, you I think. try to make them... Yeah. Yeah. They make you think. And they, they actually truly give you the essence of the person. So. I think so. Uh-huh. Rogelio. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
right. So right. And RuPaul's Drag Race. All right. Oh, I love RuPaul's Drag Race. I've been meaning to watch it. Oh, it's amazing. You can't really watch the first like the first seasons though. They're not. I don't know. Okay. Uh, put them on Netflix. Thank you. They're not. They're so, not on. Nef- they're are they in Hulu? Mm-mm. Amazon? Mm-mm. Nothing. Mm-mm. Huh. So there are so like shady uh, websites where you can oh, yes. log in and like watch him, but the quality uh-huh. is not the best. Right. But no, if you miss him, you miss him kind of a thing. Mm. There's no like replays. So I am obsessed That's with them. Stupid. I'm obsessed with them. Where can people find you and your art? Um, oh, is this my time? Yeah, for this is candles? your time. I'm okay. going to turn it off and you can just <laughs> say it into the microphone. So uh, an Instagram is just AZ Lotus, like a lotus flower. Um, AZ Lotus Art. And same thing on Facebook. So. Okay. Yeah. And my website is www.azlotusart.com. Okay. Yeah. I didn't ask for all that. Okay. Uh, yeah, me. anything with a lotus on it. Like, like a lotus flower. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I was confused. What the hell are you they're, talking about? They, they come from the mud, you know, like they're, they're in ponds. Yeah, so. where does the name come from? Well, lotus comes from, like, they are, they bloom in the mud. So I think it has a lot to do with perseverance and going through those muddy situations to become the, the lotus. And they're beautiful flowers. And they're just like, they're floating around being beautiful in that shitty mess of a pond. You know, sorry, okay. another curse word. Whoa. But um, We're sponsored by ponds. <laughs> You're a terrible person. <laughs> but I think for me, I've, I've been through a lot of muddy situations in my life that I consider myself uh, a lotus. So whenever something goes on in my life that is not great... That I'm like, oh, this is kind of shitty. It's a little muddy. Um, I know it's going to be my time to bloom. So I just keep on going, thinking, persevere, because it's near. Like, it feels muddy right now, but it's still going to be a flower. So I bloom. You mean right now, like the podcast? Yeah, I bloom. It's really muddy right now. Okay. I bloom. You're blooming by leaving this room. Thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. This is never airing. AZ Lotus. Okay. Yeah, no, go ahead, Arby's. (laughs) I lost the cursor. I don't know how to stop this. We'll see how long this takes me to do it. Well, now we're back to recording. I stopped it, and now no, I just I was just asking, I was just asking. Oh my god! So I can get you in here.